You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Our Station Who. That's right, folks. We are back and we are looking at the big finish adventures of the Ninth Doctor. We're looking at his second story, group of stories. It's called Respond to All Calls. It's uh, fun adventures, and it actually is real entertaining to hear Chris evolve even further as the Ninth Doctor. You know, everyone always said, oh, he was great for the one season he did, and everyone always wished that he went further with it. And basically... Folks, you got your wish. The people at Big Finish were listening to you. So we actually reviewed the first storyline that he did way back last year for a, I guess, a special that they, we did for the Brit Tracks. And it was, you can find it on video, probably through the Brit Tracks YouTube page or also through the Brit Tracks page itself on Facebook. And, you know, hopefully we'll eventually get it to be able to put it out for you guys because it was a great fun conversation that we had and you know we're gonna have a great conversation tonight so it should be very interesting to hear of course we want to hear from you guys at home as always so please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com let us know what you guys thought have you been following the big finished ninth doctor stories um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where all this goes and just having fun with it and hearing what my two co-hosts, of course, think about it. Let's, of course, welcome, as always, the lovely and talented Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. And, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you guys? You guys ready for this one? Oh, yeah. I am so ready. Wow. This, this almost sounded more enthusiastic than we had about... Uh, the uh, wonderful, you know, anniversary special that we had last what last episode with you know the return of the Sea Devils. You know, yeah, all of pretty, us were like, "Pretty sure I am more enthusiastic." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I think there we got our answer right there, folks. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, definitely, you know, as we always like to th- say. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. And I know we did get up some new listeners and our numbers have been going up. So I guess, you know, when we were at South Carolina Comic-Con, 
we met quite a few Huvians and talked to a lot of them, and they were real excited to find out about the show. And it's just fun to be able to welcome new folks. And if you're older folks who have been with us for the whole ride, because this is episode 299, we are coming up to our 300th episode next next time, and we'll be doing something special for that. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But, you know, thank you guys. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. We know there's tons of Doctor Who shows out there and, you know, various, you know, going through the history, going through, you know, in order, but not us. No, we just pick and choose, you know, whatever we feel like talking about. (laughs) It's like wherever the dartboard lands this time. What do you guys want to talk about this time? So. It's kind of fun, and we've been doing this 10 it's years like now. It's like the TARDIS itself. You just never know where we're going to end up. But we end up where we need to be, so that's the perfect thing about it. Sure, sure we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's made sure that we made it already through most of the Colin Baker story, so it's perfect with that. So I think we're okay with that. So definitely, you know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. We definitely would appreciate that. Of course, as always, you know, let's talk a little bit about some Doctor Who news. And we did get a little bit of Doctor Who news courtesy of Big Finish. Uh, We actually are getting two brand new series in the Doctor Who universe. And it relates actually to the new series. We are getting a Fugitive Doctor story. And we are also getting a new Master story featuring, you know, the current characters and actors. It's pretty awesome that we're doing that. So I'll be very curious to see where it goes because I always thought, you know, they were going to be wrapping up both their storylines in the new, you know, special that's coming in October because that's Jody's regeneration. And hopefully Chris, you know, decides to wrap it up and I'm not setting this up to bash Chris. I promise folks, we are not doing that tonight. We are so not doing Oh, that. darn. That's the only reason I show up for these yeah, things. No, just hey. <laughs> you didn't tell us that. <laughs> oh, I, I said I'm not doing it. You guys go. <laughs> no, I was talking about myself. You guys knock yourselves out. I'll sit back and I'll just I'll drink a beer here or something. And some of these things he's been saying lately have gotten some major heat from him. So Yeah, um, he's just making almost, it worse for himself. It's, it's almost like I'm beginning to, I'm turning the corner now, beginning to feel sorry for him. Um <laughs> but uh I think this is exciting. This is the first I think the first two characters from Jody's run that are getting uh the big finish treatment and uh I'm shocked that it's not Graham. Um, but, uh, I, I was going to say that completely, you know, I mean, maybe they're just waiting, right? Like they're just, uh, uh, maybe Graham's going to be the new doctor. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, but, um, we can, I could still have hope, but the, um, no, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, I don't know how much they know about what their stories are. Cause it sounds like even Chris doesn't know. <laughs> So I, I I do wonder what they're going to be able to, what kind of stories they're going to be able to tell. Uh, but it'll be interesting because I think, I think with, in the case of both of them, uh, their time with uh, this doctor has been kind of uh, too short and is, uh, can be improved. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so <laughs> there are opportunities. Writers here. will uh, make a difference. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say Chris Chibnall will be writing show uh, series for big finish. So thank goodness. So, 
you know, it's going to be very interesting to see because, you know, I've lost most respect for Chris because not because of the stories he did in Doctor Who and such. I'm more losing respect on how he's handling things now, you know, and how he's, you know, he's coming out almost like a sore loser type thing. Oh, they're just going to ignore what I'm going to be doing, you know, what I've done anyway. So what does it really matter? And, you know, saying, oh, I'm, it's great that they're doing a fugitive doctor story because I didn't really know where she fit into the con continuity anyway. And it's like, what? This is your character, you know? This is your storyline. You should have this fully planned out. And it's the same thing with the new master. And... Yeah, put some thought behind your, your story constructs, maybe, you know, yeah. that might have served you better. <laughs> well, we'll there's, um, there's bash number one. Yeah, damn it. I thought I said I was not going to do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Joe Martin has been great. And so anything that she's in, uh, you know, I think is going to be uh, worth worth uh, listening to. Um, Sasha Dwan, I'm not... Uh, I don't love his doctor. I mean, his master, uh, his depiction of the master, but that could be the way it was written. So uh, there's opportunities for, as we've seen, you know, there's actors that play the master um, and uh, I didn't really like it, but then big Finish did some stuff and it was cool. And then other people wrote him and he was cool. So um, that could be the same thing here. Oh, yeah, I'm I think, sure. I think we need to reserve judgment. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to keep my We're mouth. grading on a curve. It's <laughs> <laughs> a steep curve. You have to keep quiet for it. And, you know, it, you know, I'm, I'm leaving my opinion up for the big finish adventures. I'm sure we're going to end up reviewing them eventually on the show. And I'm looking forward to actually doing it. So. Be, yeah, I'm especially it, looking forward to the fugitive doctor. I mean, I really think they could do a lot with her. So, and Joe Martin's such a great actress. So I, I think I'm hopeful that, that that will really kind of turn her story around. And, you know, knowing that it's big finish, I'm sure she these characters will be crossing over with other characters. Uh, familiar characters with the doctor who franchise whether they be other doctors or river or other characters of that nature and that's going to be a lot of fun too yeah i think it'll be tons of fun and eventually you maybe even see a fugitive doctor and river song crossover that would be cool Absolutely. that would be very awesome anything so. with river is cool <laughs> <laughs> except the theme song yeah well yeah that's true <laughs> Yeah, good point there. Good point, sir. But yes, so those are both coming in the fall. So it should be very interesting to see what we have coming until then. And, you know, that gets us more into what we're talking about tonight, actually. Because we're going to be talking all about the Ninth Doctor Adventures. And we are going to be talking about Respond to All Calls. The second set of of stories featuring... Of course, Chris Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor. And it was interesting. I felt listening to these, I liked the Ninth Doctor even more because of these stories. He was, dare I say it, more personable, more interesting. And the stories were great. 
I didn't love the first ones. I liked hearing Chris as the doctor again. I think that was the big give me from it. But this one, he felt very comfortable as the ninth doctor again. And I liked how he interacted with all the different characters. Yeah, this is really interesting because uh, according to the production, they, they did these first before the three-parter. Um, uh because I guess it took, once it was announced, it took them a while to write that three-parter. So in the meantime, they churned out three individual stories and just released them afterwards. Um, and, uh, but, it, you know, so this is his first foray back, so to speak. And he sounds just as comfortable in the role as ever. It was interesting. It really was. And it was, it was neat because, you know, me thinking, you know, Doctor Who... All right, and the first story is the police officer going to become the companion through these stories, or you know, is, he, is she going to travel? Nope. And and it was, nope. it, but it, it was interesting. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I thought her character of the you know the police detective um, sounded a lot like Gwen from Torchwood. Well, you know, she's got that Scottish accent and everybody sounds like Kelly McDonald, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, okay. so it's like, oh, that just sounds like, yeah. I mean, it's just so nice sounding, um, at least to me anyway. I probably drive some people crazy, but um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I really got a Kelly McDonald vibe from her. And, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, to your point, Mike, it's clear that, um, that he's not going to get a companion. Um, I think these are all supposed to take place prior to Rose, right? Yes. The, the events that happen in Rose. So we're led to believe that he's just going to be on his own. Um, and uh, I doubt we'll see him get a, a companion that's going to be, you know, there for more than even a couple stories. But um, he seems to, you know, Chris seems to want to do these things solo for at least for a little while. Um He's, uh, you know, obviously said in the press that he doesn't want to team up with another doctor because he feels like that's a cash grab. Um, and uh, at one point during the making of this, he said something like, I see the doctor as a lone figure fighting wrong or writing wrongs. And so I think he really looks at it as like he's it, it's just him. I, can see well, that. I mean, that is that was sort of the theme of his his season. I mean, his TV season. But he was, I mean, he was the last time Lord. Right. So I think, right. I, think I do think he kind of has that in his head is his character motivation that I'm all on my own. No, very much so. And that's the interesting thing about it is that you have, you know, a lot of, you know, still the, the PTSD doctor here. And, you know, even, you know, you have, you know, that, the in different stories they bring in the different stories they bring it up you know oh i could tell there's pain and he's like what pain what pain? you know like that and you know he's still because he hasn't obviously since he hasn't met rose yet he hasn't gone through the process of healing yet and so this is technically a younger doctor than you know what we had before you know that we've seen yeah i mean he's kind of still in running away mode <laughs> Um, I don't want to deal with anything, so I'm just going to throw myself into these adventures and try not to think about what's really going on in my life. And and Christopher Eccleston does it well. I mean, he really, I, he, I don't feel like 
it's forced at all his performance here. I mean, I really think he just gets right back into that character and and goes merry, merrily along. And it, it was really fun to to listen to him interact again as the doctor. I mean, he, I personally, I think he did a great job on, on this series. Yeah, the behind the scenes stuff, he says that, um, you know, he emphasizes, says it many times how much fun he's having. Um, and he says, uh, one thing I thought was interesting, he says it's important that you're having fun, enjoying yourself playing the doctor um, because uh, it's necessary for that character. I'm paraphrasing here, but um, I thought that was really interesting. Like that he he seems to look at the doctor as it, it being important that whoever plays him enjoys it because it's necessary for that character to, I guess, enjoy being the doctor um, in some level. Even though we know that the doctor at this point in the line is in, in, in time is coming from a very like he's in a very dark place. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I do think you need. They still need to to have a sense of adventure. They still need yes. to to enjoy being the the grand explorer out there. Mm-hmm. But in the case of this doctor, I think he's using that to avoid dealing with things you should be dealing with right yeah but and it's interesting because the three tie the stories don't really tie together except for the doctors responding to distress calls each one a different way and hence the title respond to all calls and it was very very interesting that especially in the first story he personalized it you know that you know he was going to you know, rescue the children, that teenagers that, you know, vanished, but didn't vanish. They were still in the rooms because of the aliens trying to help the children get away from, you know, because they're teenagers and all teenagers, you know, hate their parents and such. I, I mean, I know where we can go into some spoilers here. So um, I, oh, I was course. kind of confused at the end. Because even though they they do save uh, the one girl, um, and then they they make it clear that they can't save the other guy for some stupidly written reason that um, <laughs> it's been too long, um, they don't really mention saving all the other teenagers that were taken that same night. Like I, actually, like, <laughs> actually, Mikey, they did. Did they? Yeah, because he disappeared. You know, I thought you said I was. You know, he came back and he said, "Oh." how long have I been going? And she said, you were going four and a half hours. Well, I was rescuing 61 other, you know, children. Okay. That's good. Cause I missed and, that. I missed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was so, kind of a throwaway line. It was, it yeah. was a total throwaway line, but you know, then, but then he said, Oh, but I can't save your friend because you know, right. he's because, been, because Dr. Who, because Dr. Who, because he's been gone too <laughs> long. Been too long. <laughs> and, it, and you know, he says, but you have a time machine and can't you go back? And he says, and he says, I could do that, but then that would change your history. And he then kept, then he rattled off, you know, all these cases right. that she solves all the way through like 2024. Yeah. Way to tell her her future. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, come on. Spoilers, doctor. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. He didn't care, care whether that impacted the timeline or not. <laughs> no. Not at all. It's like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Because this storyline took place in 2004. So mm. it was interesting with that. I, I really enjoyed 
this story uh, is it girl this girl deconstructed right yes mm-hmm. um, I thought it was a it was a great use of the audio medium um, I really felt like if they had done this on television or whatever it would be um, you know it'd be kind of interesting and everything but this one because of the audio nature of the voices that we hear and all of that I just thought that it was really well done and well produced, well produced. Sometimes uh, big finish kind of gets crazy with their little effects and doing things for just because they can do them. But this one, I really felt that all the effects fit the story. They had great story and, and just really sounded like a, a like a good story, uh, like a, um, like a doctor who ghost story, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly, because if it would appeared on TV, most likely we would have ended up getting a Chloe Weber type story or something like that, like a Fear Her, you know, mm. with you seeing like glimpses of the girl floating or something. Yeah, it's and, never as effective. No, and this fit perfectly into the audio medium. You're exactly right, Mike. And yeah, because I mean, what what better story to do as an audio where somebody has disappeared? <laughs> You know, it's just your imagination is is going to work better with that than trying to see that portrayed on the screens. Because how do you how do you show nothing on the screen? You know, oh, exactly. Something. Exactly, exactly. Because even the aliens in this one, you don't see. You see it through the girl who's disappeared. She was channeling them. Yeah. So you know, so you even have that. So it's it it is real interesting, and you know what. I that one I gave a total thumbs up for. The second one, the uh was it Fright Motif and Fright Motif, yeah. Motif. When I first read it, I thought it was Fright Moffat. It was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a totally different thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that story I thought was okay. Um it was it was an interesting storyline about, you know, a sound monster. And again, it was, the doctor was great in it. That one I don't think worked as well in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. It was the weakest one mm-hmm. of, of, for me of out, out of the three. I mean, yeah. it wasn't horrible, but it just didn't hold up as well. I'm not sure the character of Artie held up as well. Yeah. Um, it just, and and the whole, um, I don't know. The whole jazz age thing, while it sounds neat, I'm not sure they pulled it off. Um, so it just it got it got a bit stale and clunky. Yeah, I agree. I I I thought it was okay, and and it was an audio like focused story as well. But I don't think it was quite as effective as the first one audio wise. I thought the monster was just pretty pretty lame um and uh and i thought the the plot kind of went on and on it kind of spun its wheels like it was like it was like running in place for like 40 minutes yeah <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah exactly <laughs> um and it, you know they, it didn't really not a lot happened for a while and the characters unfortunately couldn't carry it uh being interesting it seemed like they were trying too hard to give everybody else like relationships um, that were just seemed forced. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it didn't work as well. It wasn't, as Mary said, it's not horrible, 
but it definitely was the weakest of the three. Mm-hmm. Nope, exactly. And, you know, even the monster devouring people was just like, eh, really? It, you had to go go and go, oh, so that's what just happened there. Okay, yeah, there you it go. It wasn't very menacing. No. And, you know, the whole thing with Artie and his, his not being there for his mom's passing and, you know, that he had to prove something. And it... it it took some turns I wasn't expecting and, you know, oh, the monster was there because of the sympathy. And it was just like, okay, that doesn't work. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah. It's a really hard thing. I mean, um, right now, it just so happens uh, that on the flash, they're dealing with a villain that is uh, attracted to people who are grieving. And it it doesn't work in that one either, <laughs> in that storyline either. Um, and I guess that may be just a clunky thing. But, you know, it and, it's, and it doesn't help that the doctor mentions things that are a lot more like stories that would be more exciting. Like he mentions meeting Josephine Baker and whatnot. And I'm like, why can't we hear that story? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing when he mentioned that. I was like, I want to meet Josephine Baker. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I don't know that, you know, all the stuff, all the, all the um, stories that we've listened to with Big Finish, it doesn't seem like they use historical figures that much. And I don't know why that is, if there's some legal reason or if they just have to be careful because the, you know, the actual show may do a story featuring them at some point. But I'm like, I, that's the story I want to, I was like, (laughs) shame on you for mentioning Josephine Baker, because now I want to see that. Well, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, ooh, that would have been a great storyline. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was very interesting to see and hear. But, you know, again, I think that one was a little bit of the weaker one. I but would have. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, it's almost like that ha- having the monster trivializes his grief. I mean, rather than. Um, exploring it and and really trying to portray what it what it would be like to be that grief stricken and, and to miss uh, out on on being with your mom when she passed they just turn it into this kind of lame monster and so it ju- it doesn't have any emotional impact yeah it's 1946 who in the world is not grieving in some way exactly (laughs) like like the whole world is grieving (laughs) exactly i mean i mean the whole world just been through world war ii things are still very chaotic it it just it does seem like why monsters singling this this individual person out it just it's it's pretty weak it's pretty yeah Yep, exactly. And, you know, and they even, you know, they touched on sexuality in the story. And I think that, again, I don't think it worked for it. No, because because we don't really, they don't really set up the character. So we, again, we don't feel the emotional impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they talk about, you know, racism and they talk about, you know, sexuality and they, it's, it's kind of like we, it's just lip service. They don't really do anything with it. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. It was just like, oh, really? That's what it was? It's just like they threw it in there just because, you know, this is why the guy was a jerk or something? No. No, that was, that's just ridiculous. It was lame. Yeah. <laughs> just it lame. Was lame. Yep. 
Nope. Agreed. All right. The third story. <laughs> I'm liking this story less and less like me, the one we talked about. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then you had Planet of, of the End. So, and I like this one. I, en- I enjoyed it. It took, you know, there was a couple times it was just like, what? You know, where were they going with it? And, you know, the do- why is the doctor on the planet for the of the mausoleums that he had heard? You know, you know, he was coming to check it out. And, you know, this race was trying then to capture his body or something like that. It was just like, okay. But what made it for me was the character of Fred. Fred made oh, it. Oh, that me. was the best character, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I like the story as well. Um, look, I think if you write a story where the doctor, particularly Chris's doctor, goes up uh, corporation <laughs> uh, authority figures, um, you know, money grabbers, et cetera, et cetera, that's just a win. Like that's like I think out of all the actors who played the doctor, I mean, he's. His doctor is the most, I don't want to say rebellious, but let's just say, I, I think the way his, he phrased it in the, uh, in the making of is uh, healthy disrespect for authority. And that's, that's, I mean, I, I don't know if it's healthy as far as Chris goes in real life, but it seems like his doctor is more of a fighter when it comes to, and get in your face fighter in terms mm-hmm. of when it comes to authority figures and especially like corporate greed. Um, so I think this one had maybe the best bad guys out of the three. Um, and I, and I like that. Uh, but yeah, um, Fred was cool. Um, I kind of saw where that was going. Like I didn't really need the thing with the rabbit. <laughs> Cause I was, <laughs> like, I was like, why don't we just bring her to life? Um, and so uh and, you know, the torture stuff was interesting. I mean, that's the fun thing about Doctor Who is that you can play around with time like that. I mean, he can, he was there for uh, almost 100 years, right? Yes. It wasn't like 89 yeah. years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah, it was interesting, you know. You know, Fred was his caretaker, basically, you know, kept on checking him out. And, you know, how he his hair grew long and he had a beard and everything. So basically what he looked like in the John Lennon movie that uh, he did. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just it was just real interesting to picture that. And it was it was just like, OK, where are they going with this story? Where are they going? And then him using his regeneration power, you know, also he was bar, he was bargaining with it and it was just like, okay, that would have been interesting. Him, you know, changing into tenant a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was actually a pretty interesting way to go with the story. I mean, this is the only story that plays around with time and you don't actually don't get that a lot. Right. Uh, despite this being a time traveling <laughs> premise. Uh, so that was nice that, that they really explored that, but also that they, uh, that the only thing he had to bargain with basically was uh, his Artron energy and the way he used that and the way he took a big chance <laughs> uh, by, by doing that. But yeah, that made it a really interesting take on the story. So I, this one I found the most inventive. And 
you know, I have, I'm having a hard time picking between this one and Girl Deconstructed, which one is my favorite because they're very different. Oh, completely um, different. But I think they're they're both very effective. And I think Chris Eccleston does really well with both plots. And like like Mikey G said, I mean, I love how he fights corporate greed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's so nice listening to him take them on and and not giving an inch and calling them like it's like it's relevant for what's going on today. Very relevant. Oh. <laughs> Almost like it's relevant. Almost like it's real life. Yeah. Wow. Well, and we just, you know, I mean, we know that Chris himself has no uh, patience for corporate greed um, <laughs> and uh, and authority figures. So I, I think it, it works to his strength um, and his strength mm-hmm. as a doctor. Um, I like this one a lot. Um, I like Fred as well. Um, when he asked her to be his companion, offered that invitation. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I was not surprised she turned it down. Um, I think actually the, uh, the constable, um, in the first one would have made a better companion. Um, but, uh, I did think that, um, that was interesting, but obviously, yes, they're not, I don't think they're, I would be surprised. I mean, we haven't listened. I know that there's been other releases of ninth doctor stories. From what I understand, he hasn't got a consistent, uh, companion yet. So, um, and I think that's, I think they want to keep him solo. Um, for whatever reason, it might be Chris's idea. It might not. I mean, obviously, um, it might dilute the um, the show if if Rose is not his first companion after you know, first long term companion after the war. You know, mm-hmm. it probably would have changed something. And it's good that you know he doesn't want to be committed to anything. Like I think one of you guys said earlier, he doesn't. You know, he just wants to do his traveling. And help people out because it's in his nature, but he doesn't want to be committed to have to carry around somebody with him. Yeah. Well, he's he's very much a lone wolf, and and yeah. very much not wanting to lose anybody because he's mm-hmm. lost so much at this point. And he there is a uh, <laughs> there is a sensitivity to that in these story in all I think all three of the stories that. When he does lose somebody, when someone does kind of die in these stories, it's he's very, I wouldn't say emotional about it, but he's he reacts very strongly to that. And I think in almost all three, well, I think in the first two anyway, at some point he says, like, nobody else is going to die. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it was it's interesting because I came right out of, you know, the Moffat story with the empty child. Yep. Yeah. And so it was just like, okay, so he said it before that. It's good. <laughs> well, 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 maybe it's not. It's very as, much not... a part of his personality. Exactly. Yeah. Just like I think in two out of the three stories, he actually utters the word fantastic. Uh, as well, he should. Exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't overuse it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I did uh, smile and, and make a note of it every time he did say it because I thought that was pretty fun. Mm hmm. He doesn't have a lot of catchphrases. You know, he only was only on for one season, so he didn't get to get, have a lot of catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but, also, um, the, like like we were mentioning before, the production is really good in these. The sound is good. They don't mm-hmm. overdo it with the effects. They don't have intrusive music. Hint, hint, Diary of River Song. Uh, the music was great, actually. Yeah, it was... it's very, it really worked well. 
Mm -hmm. Well, it's a theme we're also all very familiar with too. So I do wonder if, cause I think this is, I think this is the second time we've reviewed a story, uh, something that was produced during the lockdown. And I do wonder if because they didn't have maybe all of their production uh, normal tools available, if these are a little bit more stripped down and yet um, I like them more because of that. Yeah, may maybe so, but I agree with you. I think it works better this way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's all audio, so you'd think it would just be in a program anyway. But um, uh, I, I, I have noticed that um, the ones that we've that we've reviewed uh, post lockdown, or the ones that were produced during that time anyway, um, seem to be better in terms of their audio quality and not having a lot of extraneous effects. Mm -hmm. Most definitely, it sounded good, and you couldn't even tell if they weren't all in the same room, but the way they were interacting with each other was really well done. Yeah. yeah they're not all in the same room. They're all yeah. recording from home. And I don't yeah. even think they're all recording together. Like on, on like a zoom call or anything. I think they're all recording separately completely. Nope. Because the actors, uh, that is why. <laughs> because, because Chris won't work with anyone. No, just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> I will be in your production, but I won't actually talk to anybody. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. I'll only do it if it's just me. So that is funny as heck. So, yeah, I think we're, you know, any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? Or do you want to rate it all together or separately? I would I just mean, rate it all together. Sure. That's what I thought, too. Sure. Why not? What the hell? All right, one out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. Mikey G, you get to go first tonight. Uh, I honestly can't remember what we rated uh, the uh, the first Doctor, uh, ninth Doctor story that we uh, did for, um, uh, I guess, DragonCon, Brit Tracks. Um, but irregardless, um, you know, these three stories are great stories. I think they're better than that first story we heard. Um, they're very simple stories, you know, one hour less, uh, uh, less than one hour a piece. I think, um, even the, the weakest one is still, uh, pretty decent. So, um, I have no problem in, in saying that this is, uh, easily four, four and a half stars. Wow. Okay. Easy. Cool. Mary. Yeah, I agree. I think I've, you know, I give it a four. It's, this is very enjoyable. I would highly recommend it for anybody, especially if you love the ninth doctor. I, I think you're going to love all three of these because even the weakest one is, is still pretty entertaining. And yeah, I, I, it's, it's very interesting listening to actors kind of blossom on big finish and was like, they have permission to, to try other things. And it's, it's um, and it you know for some actors it works really well like like for Colin Baker for example so and I think it's working for Chris Eccleston he really gets into it and seems to be enjoying himself and enjoying the stories and so I, I hope a lot of people listen to these because I want them to keep going with them. No, that's awesome. I agree completely with that. I'm going to give it a four also, and the only reason I don't give it higher is the middle story kind of was just like meh you know like that type of thing right and so but i enjoyed them i enjoyed the middle story chris knocked it out of the ballpark in all three of them 
And I just, you know, definitely worth listening to, folks. I'm going to ask you this real quick before we, uh, before we sort of go further. Um, do you think these stories would work with another actor, another incarnation of the Doctor? Or do you think they're pretty much catered to Chris? Because I felt like, I don't know if it was Chris just making them their own or them writing to Chris's strength because they all knew that they were writing for the Ninth Doctor. But um, these feel like they're Ninth Doctor stories, not just ones that were in the bin and they had dug out just to use for Chris. I think they wrote for Chris. I couldn't picture another Doctor in this storyline. I couldn't picture Sylvester or Peter or, you know, even later Doctors, you know, David or yeah. Matt or something. I think this was perfectly written for Chris, and I think he ran with what they wrote for him, yeah. which is I mean, pretty awesome. I can picture other doctors, but I'm just not sure they would be as good because it's kind of his unique uh, state of, of where he is in that moment in time as the doctor that really makes these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like in the first story, if it was David, you know, he'd be going... I am so, so sorry about your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then it just comes, starts coming across as insincere and almost campy. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I don't get that from Chris. No, not at all. And I am actually really looking forward now to listening to the next round of shows because that gets the Cybermen involved in the next ones. So I'm going to be very curious to see him with because we never saw him with the Cybermen. So that's right. So it'll be very interesting to see. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Feedback at ourstationwho.com. You know, let us know what you guys thought. Have you guys listened to this one? Do you guys want to listen to it? You know, I, I know a good big finish website that you can get it, you know, really well. No, I was not gonna offer to give you my copy. You know, that that's not where it was going. Honest, really. Nope, nope, nope. Not at all. Not there. But, you know, folks, thank you guys. This is the end of our 299th episode. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, we had our 10th anniversary a couple weeks back. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit. But 300 of these things, 300 episodes of Doctor Who, that's pretty amazing. And you know what? Thank you guys for listening and staying with us for this. Uh, Just... You know, it knocks me out every time I see our numbers and how they're growing and, you know, or we get feedback and, you know, folks just having fun with our shows and everything. And we've got a long time till we get new Doctor Who again. So we got a lot of different things we're going to talk about. But next episode, we're doing episode 300. 300 of these folks. This is going to be awesome. So we thought we'd do another Facebook Live. I know we just did one last episode, but. You know, we enjoy it. We have fun with it. And we are going to be doing Doctor Who Essentials. So basically, you know, what you need for be a a Whovian or, you know, what's our favorite episodes or what do you recommend? You know, there's so many different ways we can go with it. And we'll do it live. And it would be great to, you know, get into the different groups, different people joining us. And you know what? We definitely would love you guys to join us. So, of course, you know, we will have it up on Facebook Live. And that is going to be on Tuesday, the 17th of May. So it's only two weeks away. So as, as of this recording, you know, you might be listening to it the day before. Who knows? That's <laughs> uh, you know, the great thing about podcasting. Let's thank our regulars for being here, of course. Mary, thank you so, so much. Oh, thank 
you. I'm so glad we listened to this one. It, it, it's really great stories. Go out and get it, everybody. Definitely. And, you know, Mary knows where to find it also. So it's <laughs> yeah. anything you want to promote? Uh, you can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. It's great to have you, my friend. It really is. And you know what? You've been through this through almost the whole ringer with me. So it's pretty awesome. And you know Absolutely. What? It's been a it's been a pleasure, my friend. And you know what? It's gonna be fun, you know, go seeing where the show goes, you know. We're gonna have a new doctor hopefully announced any day now. So who knows? That new that live episode we might actually be talking about who the new doctor is. <laughs> They'll announce it right during the middle of it. Oh, of course they will. Right of after we're they. done. Oh, the, the second we stop, yep. the second we hit we stop. stop recording, yeah, it'll be like, oh, hey, yep, hey, there's an, there's an announcement. So definitely, folks, you know, please leave feedback for us, write us. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Until then, my name is Mike Faber. We will talk to you soon. Peace, everyone, and enjoy spring and just take care of yourselves. We'll see you soon. Peace. And we are done. Boom. Yay. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal, and way more with two Americans, one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.